It is Mother's Day 2017. We are starting a new sermon series today on marriage and the family. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it may not be a normal Mother's Day message. In fact, I'll just tell you, I'm praying that indeed it would not be an, a normal Mother's Day message. In fact, I'll just tell you, I'm praying that today, uh, starting this Mother's Day, that it would be a supernaturally empowered, word-driven turning point in our homes and a turning point in our marriages. And I'll just tell you, my expectations are high in what God could do in this sermon series. I wanna ask that you be praying with me today and then for the remainder of this sermon series that God would bless it, that God would use it, that he would multiply uh, his, his movement through it. Well, I wanna start off today as we start off the series by pointing out and maybe I do not need to point it out. I think most of us would agree, but I want to start out today by pointing out that we are in a mess today. Our world is in a mess today. The moral foundation of our world has collapsed. Uh, the understanding of right and wrong based upon a moral truth today is gone. And we find ourselves in an absolute mess Today, and you can just look around, you can pick whatever the category you want to look at is. You pick a category, and it is a mess today. And I could go through a whole bunch of statistics. I could talk about addiction. I could talk about divorce. I could talk about homosexuality and promiscuous sex. I could talk about the greed and the materialism that, that grips our culture. I could talk about the types of kids that we're producing today. And I could go on and on. But the plain truth is, today in 2017, as we stand on this Mother's Day, we are absolutely in a mess. Now the greater truth is this. We today have forsaken the true living God. And we are actually living in opposition to him. And you sit there and hear that and say, well that's kind of hard, that's, that's pretty heavy today. Friends, it is the truth in our lives today, in our lifestyles today, in the priorities that we set. We are forsaking the true living God. We are living in opposition to him and look around today, we are suffering because of it. People are hurting because of it. Well, I wanna tell you that today, there is good news. There is an answer. And we're not hopeless today. So I want to tell you, we are in an absolute mess. But listen to me, even today, especially today, there is still good news. There is still an answer. And the answer is this. Listen to me. Until Jesus comes again, and I'm convinced it's not going to be very long, but until Jesus comes again, we need a return to the biblical foundation and we need a revival in the Christian home today. You see, the answer is not going to come out of Washington or Austin. It's not going to come from the courts. The answer is not going to come from the education system. Our answer is not going to be found in the minds or the intellects of the culture and the society. But the answer will come when Christians believe that this is the word from God and it is complete and it is without error and it is sufficient and it holds the authority of God's speech to us. And when men and when women and then when kids live according to what God has said in his truth, we will find our answer. Listen to me. We need a revival of the word of God in Christian homes today. We need a revival in our homes today. 
Today we're going to look at a lot of verses. But I want to start off today by reading some verses that really will be the theme for our entire study. The theme or the, the theme verses for our entire six weeks. They're found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5, 6, and the first part of verse 7. Again, the theme verses for our entire sermon series. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning here in the fifth verse. And it says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. These words, this truth, these truths, these words which I'm commanding to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we're, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for our Savior. We're thankful for the reigning King. We're thankful for the hope and the peace that we have because of Christ. We exalt the name of Jesus today. We come today and as we begin to study your word, as we think about the state of marriage and the state of homes today, as we see that we need a revival of the word of God today, I pray that we wouldn't be so far gone, that we wouldn't be so apathetic, that we wouldn't be so closed off, that we wouldn't ask you, God, that you'd let it start today. Move in our hearts today. Move in our minds today. Move in our homes today. Move in our parents. Let it start today, dear Lord. Let it start in this hour. We pray as we begin to study your word that it would become plain, that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, and I pray that the impact would be tremendous. I pray that in this hour, if there's one that doesn't know Christ, that they would put their faith in Jesus today for their salvation. I pray for us here today that who've put our faith in Christ that we would grow as your disciples, that we would learn, that we would be convicted, that we would be taught, and we would be forever changed having leave, leaving this hour. We come today and we just tell you again, we need your help. We have your truth. Open it up to us. Speak to us. Empower it. We tell you we love you and we thank you for your grace. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. To begin our sermon series today, we're going to look at the historical account of the history or the nation of Israel. Again, there's going to be a lot of verses there, but we're going to look at these verses, and I believe it is going to show us our tendency as humans. Sometimes we wonder, well, how do we get where we're at? Why are we in the places that we are? It's going to show us our tendency as humans. And also, as we look at the, at the life of the nation of Israel, it is going to show us our problems today. How do we get to these problems? We're going to see it in the life of Israel. Now, I'm going to ask that you, that you would follow along. Again, we're going to look at a whole bunch of verses today. First, I'm going to ask if you turn over to Joshua we're going to start by looking at Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, a very familiar verse. I want to start off and tell you the context of that. At this point, as, as Joshua is speaking here, uh, in the context, Joshua has led God's people following Moses. He has led them now across the Jordan River to the land that was promised all the way back to Abraham. 
Now, if you read that account, in God's power, he has led them. In God's power, he has delivered them. We read the account and it starts back with Moses and they leave Egypt. And remember all the, the mighty feats there as they leave Egypt. And remember they get to the Red Sea and they're trapped there by the Red Sea. And as they cross over on dry land and then as the, the water crashes in and washes the Egyptian army away, we see God's power right from the start. We see God's powers. We read the account as they travel along and now they have defeated the Amorites and the Moabites across the Jordan. And now they've come and they've crossed the Jordan. We read the account as they, as they come to the city of Jericho and there, there's that, that city that's fortified and God and his power delivers to them the city of Jericho. We read the account and we read of the, the defeat once they're in the land of the Amorites and the Perizzites, and the, the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Gergesites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And, and as they go, and as they defeat these, and it's always the power of God that, that it's on display there. God says in Joshua 24, 11, thus I gave them into your hand. It wasn't you, it was, it was God's power. Thus I gave them into your hand. And then in Joshua 24, verse 13, they, they see God's power and they, they stand there in the land and they see how mighty God is and they see the deliverance of God. And Joshua then calls them together. And he says, and I'm gonna read verse 13. It says this, and God's speaking. I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities which you had not built and you had not lived in them and you were eating of vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. God says, behold, look what I did for my people. And then in that context, we have the 14th verse. I'm gonna move slowly through the 14th verse. It starts off and it says this, Joshua seeing what God has done says, now therefore, understand it's talking about now therefore in light of that. Therefore, because of what you've seen. Therefore, because you know what you know about God. Now, therefore, because our God is a mighty and awesome God. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. That means to revere the Lord. It means to hold the Lord, our God, in awe. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Now, this is not talking about pretending to serve him. This is not talking about partially serving him. It's not talking about being some kind of poser as you pretend to serve him. No, it is saying, therefore, seeing what God has done, seeing who God is, totally serve God, truthfully serve God. Then the verse says, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt. What that means is he's saying, worship the true God. Therefore, because of what you've seen, because of what you know about God, don't worship these false gods, but rather worship the true God and truly, in truth and sincerity, worship him. And then in verse 15, he draws a line. In verse 15, he calls for a choice. Listen to verse 15, it says this. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. 
But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now the truth is here that knowing what they know here, having seen what they have seen here, they can still choose not to worship the true God. Now that's, that's staggering to me. I really don't get that. How is there even a choice at this part? How is there even a decision to be made at this point? They have seen what they've seen of God. They've seen his mighty hand. They're standing in the land of the Amorites. They're in the promised land. How is there even a choice to be made? But even knowing what they know, there's still a choice to be made. And in that context, Joshua says this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now see this today, see the example here, it is a big deal. Notice, he doesn't say, as for me and my nation, he's the leader of the nation. He doesn't speak on a broad sense of the nation and go, as for me and all these that I lead, as for me and my nation. In an individual sense, he doesn't even say just for me. He doesn't say, as for me. Notice he says here, as for me and my house. Joshua is saying here, I have decided and therefore my decision will impact my home and my family. I have decided and therefore my decision will lead my home and my family. And so he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Folks hear this today. I'm looking here to the biblical example, but I'm speaking to us today in 2017. Get this today, hear this today. The goal of the home, the goal of parenting is not to raise well-behaved kids. The goal of the home is not to raise well-adapted, well-rounded kids. The goal of the home is not to raise well-educated kids. The goal of the family is not to raise kids who one day will be successful in the world. No, as Christian, our goal as parents is to raise kids who are followers of Jesus Christ and then who have the biblical foundation to lead others to follow Jesus Christ. That is the goal of the home today. That is the only goal of the home today. Sarah Joe and Kel Lee and William Tobias, you hear your daddy. I don't care what you do and I don't care what you become, but you hear me, my goal as your dad is to lead you to love Jesus Christ and to lead you to lead others to do the same thing. That is our standard. Folks, we're way off course. Folks, we've bought into the lie of the world. God forgive us for that. This is our standard. It's not our goal to, to appease the world and try to succeed in the world. It's our goal to raise kids who love Jesus Christ, who have a biblical foundation that they can lead others to do the same. Listen to me. We need a revival in our homes today. We need a revival of the word of God in our homes today. Listen to their response. Verse 16. The people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Verse 17, 
For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and who did these great signs in our sight and persevered us through all the way in which we went and among the peoples through whose midst we pass. Then look at verse 18. They know what he did. They know what he's done. They knew who he is. Verse 18, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in this land. We also will serve the Lord for he is our God. Knowing who God is, seeing what God had done, their response to God's glory is we also will follow him. We also will serve him. Sadly, the story doesn't end there. Turning over to the book of Judges chapter two. Judges chapter two, I'm gonna begin in the sixth verse. It says this. When Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. Now, I don't want you to miss how big this is. Don't miss what a big deal this is. God had led them. God had delivered them. God had provided for them. God had secured for them the promised land. Understand, that's what they're taking possession of. That's where their inheritance is. They're walking into the promised land. They're taking possession of the promised land. Numbers chapter 13, the spies come back and they say, it is a land that certainly does flow with milk and honey. The Bible tells us there in Numbers chapter 13 that that a cluster of grapes was so big that it was carried on a pole between two men. And it says, and also the pomegranates and the figs as well. God is faithful and God has been faithful and God is trustworthy and God's people take possession of the promised land. Can you imagine that? See this, verse seven. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua who had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Knowing who God is, seeing what God had done, they had seen it, they serve the Lord. Verse eight. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of of the Lord. Now, what a tremendous title to have attached to your name. The servant of the Lord. That old faithful man, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Verse 9. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance, in Timoth Harry's, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. And then moving to verse 10. Now, see verse 10. It says this. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers. They passed away, they died. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. See this, after this faithful generation, after this generation who served the Lord, the Bible says there arose another generation after them. And that generation did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done. See this today, the truth of who God is and the truth of what God had done wasn't passed to the next generation. 
That first generation, they knew God. They knew who he was. They knew what he had done. They were astounded by him. They worshiped him. It says they served him all the days of their life. And yet they failed to pass it to the next generation. Do you know the primary way that disciples are to be made is the passing from one generation to the next generation, the truth of God in the home. Do you know that? That's, that's the way that disciples are made. That's the, the primary way, according to the Bible, that one generation who knows who God is and knows what he's done and, and has learned it from the truth of God's word, that they would pass it to the next generation, that it would carry through that generation and it would happen in the home. Do you know that's God's plan? Listen to me, this may sound crazy. It's not the church's role. It's not a church staff member's role. It's not somebody else's role. It is to occur in the home. It is a process that's to go on in the home. That is God's plan. Remember our focal verse. It says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I'm talking about you. you. You should love God with all of your heart. And you should love him with all of your soul. You should love him with all of your mind. And then verse six says, and these words, these words, that truth, these truths, it says shall be on your heart. And then the very next thing in verse seven, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These truths are to be written upon your heart. And then the next thing is this, and you shall teach them diligently to your son. Folks, we're missing it today. Folks, we need a revival of the word of God in Christian homes today. We need a revival in our homes today. See what happens. Not knowing who God is, not knowing what God has done, simply not knowing the truth of God, see what happens to the nation. First thing that happens is this. They fall into sin. They fall into sin. Not knowing God's truth, they fall into sin. Verse 11 says this. And then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Not knowing the truth of who God is, not passed to the next generation. The next thing, the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They fall into sin. Today, how do we get so messed up? How's our world get so evil today? How do we ever get so far off track that what was once crazy and wrong is now accepted? And not only that, it's applauded. And not only that, it's passed on to other generations. How do we ever get to such a sinful state in our country today, in our world today, even in our local culture today? It's because God's truth wasn't handed down. Second thing that happens, first, they enter into sin. The second thing, God's truth is not handed down. They worship false gods. They worship false gods. Look at the rest of verse 11. It says, then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. They serve a false god. Today, our false gods could be the false religions that are all around us. Could be Scientology, could be 
the new age stuff, could be Mormonism, and, and you look at the doctrine of those faiths and you wonder how in the world would anybody ever believe those things? That's so absurd, so far-fetched. How would we ever believe that? Maybe more likely are the false gods in our lives, maybe the false gods of, of self-worship and the, the false gods of materialism and we serve those gods and we wonder how does that ever happen? How do we ever end up in this state? The answer is the truth of God's word wasn't handed down. The next thing to happen, first, they enter into sin. Second, they worship false gods. The third thing that happens when the truth of God is not passed down, they forsake and they leave the true God. They forsake and they leave the true God. Look at the first part of verse 12, it says this. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now there's so much in that, listen to that and not knowing the truth of who God is, not passed down to another generation, they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. Oh, how sad that is. The true living God, he created them. He loved them, he delivered them. When they couldn't find a way in his grace, he made a way for them, he had delivered them. And now not knowing the truth of who he is, they walk away from the God of their fathers. How does that happen? God's truth wasn't handed down. I'll tell you this, today in 2017, I believe more than any generation in the history of the earth, I believe people are walking off from the one true living God. The God of our fathers, the God that blessed us, and the God that has sustained us, the God that has provided for us, the God that through Jesus Christ has saved us. We're walking off and we're walking off in droves from him. Most of them don't even know who he is. Don't you see it? Don't you see it today? Look around today. I'm sorry, Lord God. You're awesome. You're mighty. Your grace is amazing. And yet we're walking away. Listen to me. We need a revival in our homes today. First, they enter into sin. Second, they worship false gods. Third, they forsake and they leave the true God. The fourth thing, in the absence of God's truth, they become like the world they live in. They become like the world they live in. The rest of verse 12 says this. And followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. They worshiped what the people, what the pagans around them worshiped. Now how sad is that? God's people bow themselves down to the, to the culture around them, to the gods of the people that lived around them. And these gods of the, the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Moabites, people who were defeated by the true living God, they take on their weak and their pathetic and their dead and their meaningless gods. Our God defeated these people and yet they bow down and worship to them. Hear this today, listen to this truth. Absent from God's truth, we want to worship the gods of this world. I don't know why that's built into us. Absent from God's truth, we wanna have the things of this world. We wanna have the gods of this world. We bow down to those things and we serve those things and they become our gods. Look around us today. 
We go around and we bust a gut and we, we spend all of our energy trying to make sure our kids are gonna be successful in a world and in a system that's going straight to hell. We burn up a lot of energy and we stress out making sure that our kids can pass a test or they can hit a ball or they can land a job someday and we neglect to tell them this world's not our home. We're citizens somewhere else. These aren't our goals and we don't even tell them ourselves about Jesus Christ. That's not it. God, forgive us. Listen to me. We need a revival in our homes today. We need a revival of the word of God in the Christian home today. Fifth thing, they enter into sin. They worship false gods. They forsake the true God. They become like the world around them, all because the truth of God wasn't handed down. And what's the result of that? It is this. They find themselves opposed to God. They find themselves opposed to to God. Listen to the rest of verse 12 and then 13 and 14. Thus, can you imagine this? Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherah. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel and he gave them into the hands of the plunders who plundered them and he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Friends, we need a revival in our homes today. We need a returning to God's word in our homes today. We need homes where there's moms and there's dads and we're studying God's word. And we more than that, we obey God's word and we stand on God's word that one day we raise up kids that would do the same. And I wanna tell you that the reason for all of that is this, really the point of all that is this, we need Jesus You see, it all points to Jesus. It was all pointing to a Savior, a Messiah who was coming. Listen to me, we need Jesus. We need the forgiveness for our sin. We need the redemption through the blood of Calvary. We need Jesus Christ. And so because of that, we need Christ-centered homes and we need Christ-centered moms and we need Christ-centered dads with the goal that we would raise up Christ-focused kids because our hope is in Jesus Christ and God's word points us to him. We need a revival in our home today. We need a revival of God's word in our homes today. That would be our standard. It's Mother's Day 2017. We are in a mess, but we have an answer. First, let me tell you this. If you're here today, and you've not put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're a student, maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a dad. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's your starting place. You cannot lead where you have not been. And and God's grace is still shown to us as sinners through Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in him, what an awesome day on this day to say, I wanna see a revival in our homes. Let it start with me. I call Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here and you'd say, you know what, I've heard this or I've never heard this or I've I've sealed it off and not listened to it, but there's never been a day that I put my faith in Jesus Christ and and maybe you're a grandma or a granddad, maybe you're a, a young student, but today, let that be this day. Put your faith in Christ. And then for those of us who've settled that, I want to tell you, what if what would it take for a revival to truly start? It would be this that we finally 
admit there's a problem? Do we admit that the answer is to take up God's word and to live and obey it and to live according to that standard? Do we ask God to forgive us and we repent of that sin and then we ask him to empower us as we turn in our homes towards him? Wouldn't you like to see the revival start today? Why wouldn't we want to see the revival start today? God, forgive us where we've been off track. God, empower us to turn and start the revival today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm astounded by your greatness. I'm in awe of you. You're awesome. You're mighty. You created every single thing. You you hold it together. You sustain it. Your your justice is amazing. Your holiness, your standard that you you do not lower. And I see that, but then I see your grace and your mercy and your, your love for somebody as insignificant as me for sinners who've rebelled against you and we see your sacrifice through Christ and so we just come today and tell you we love you, we're blown away by you, we worship you today. We also come and see the mess that we've made by living according to another standard and I'm, I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about Christian homes. God, I ask that you'd stir in our hearts, that you'd stir in our minds that there'd be a turning that would start in this service in this hour of Christian homes. Stand on your truth and pass it to another generation. Pray for some in this hour that do not know Jesus Christ. I pray that today they would settle that. That's the point of all of it. Pray that you would move in their hearts and today they might put their faith in Christ. That they would profess with their mouth what they believe in their heart. And they would settle that today. Move in our midst. Move in this time of invitation. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.